Social Impact CX, the podcast that helps you drive mission and make a difference with customer experience. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for Social Impact CX, the podcast. I'm John Corrigan, and I'll be your guide to how you can drive mission and achieve social impact with customer experience work. This is episode 10 of Social Impact CX, and again, thanks for listening. Today, I'm grateful for all the lessons to be learned from leaders in customer experience work across many, many different industries. If you're working to achieve social impact through providing better experiences, more meaningful experiences for whomever it is that's most important to you, whether that's clients, beneficiaries, customers, students, members, patients, whomever it is, the really amazing thing today is that you don't have to invent the wheel. There are great examples all around if you take a bit of time and effort to observe and learn from others. So while CX may be a somewhat newer professional discipline that has come forward over the past decade or so, I think it's fair to say that there are tons of great examples of customer experience work out there that represent concepts to be repurposed into the social impact and nonprofit sectors with just a little bit of imagination. And that's a big part of what we're doing here at Social Impact CX. Episode 10 of the Social Impact CX podcast is the second part of my recent conversation with my good friend and customer experience expert, Thomas Martin. Thomas is a seasoned customer experience leader, and he has tons of amazing career experience in working with customer-focused teams across industries such as hospitality and entertainment. He's done what I would call really groundbreaking work in fields such as the hotel industry. Just think about this for a minute. If someone arriving at a health clinic or a community fundraiser or an affordable housing meeting felt as delighted as hopefully someone feels when they arrive at a boutique hotel, how would that change the emotional response and connection with the people that you're working to serve? I'm not talking about expensive new concepts that would require a huge budget. I'm talking about working together as a team to set the stage, working together to create memorable experiences that are purposeful and personal, meaningful, and designed to connect with whomever it is that you're working to serve. Why wouldn't you want to create a sense of goodwill and hopeful expectation? While the service or solution you offer may not include the glamour or stylishness of a boutique hotel experience, that's not to say that you can't explore how to get your clients or beneficiaries excited and connected in anticipating something good so that they'll feel a connection that they may not even be aware of and, and have good emotions to associate with your organization or your business. Why wouldn't you want them to have a clear sense of good things to come? That sense of good things to come does not have to be exclusive to an exclusive boutique hotel. It is certainly applicable to and equally relevant in a social impact or nonprofit environment. It's really about how you're making a connection to be more effective in your work. However, I hope that you've had the opportunity to listen to episode 9 of Social Impact CX because in that prior podcast, uh, Thomas makes some great points about learning versus training and I also really liked his discussion about team members versus employees. 
And that's really important to understand whether an organization is talking about team members or whether they're talking about employees. To create meaningful experiences for whomever it is that you're working to serve, it's going to take teamwork, real teamwork. Most likely the type of effort that's going on to, uh, it's going to come from members of a team, not just employees of an organization. And that's an important distinction. And while the difference between team members and employees may sound like a nuance to you, trust me, it's not. Team member versus employee is a huge distinction, a different lens to view your colleagues and your organizations from. Uh, it's a different way uh, to approach creating better experiences and improved results because we're working together as a team. It's a really important concept. Thomas talks about that in order to really have a team that is on board with going the extra mile and taking ownership of creating a good experience for the people that you're working to serve, and reframing your old ideas of employees and changing your thinking to everyone being on the same team is really important. If you've not caught the first part of my conversation with Thomas that's in episode 9 of Social Impact CX, I urge you to check it out. So just to recap, I've had a chance to spend some time with customer experience expert Thomas Martin talking about customer experience and social impact. He shared his thoughts with me on ideas such as how learning, leadership, and narrative intersect when you're working on customer experience initiatives. And that conversation is coming up. Uh, another great point he makes in this segment of our conversation that's to come, it has to do with data and where you get your data. But let's get back to the conversation with Thomas here. Uh, and so as we do, just a reminder, the Social Impact CX podcast episode 10 is the second part of my conversation with Thomas. And again, there will be more to come from these discussions. If you have a question or comment about what Thomas and I are talking about in this episode, please send an email to comment at socialimpactcx.com. Also, as usual, you can comment or connect on Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, or SoundCloud, and I'll provide detailed contact info at the end of this recording once again. So without further delay, here is part two of my conversation with Thomas Martin. I hope you find it as interesting as I did. In the book I'm working on, which is focused on uh, driving mission with customer experience work, there, I have a whole chapter on collaboration. And you know, while email may be a very valuable tool in some cultures, it's a great part of the mix. You know, the power of narrative and the power of sitting at a table with people, the power of talking with your team members and sharing experiences can never be underestimated. And you know, and it, it goes back to this point of to really learn. We learn from each other, mm -hmm. and you you have to go beyond email and to get to true collaboration that helps you end up delivering a product or service or solution that provides the experience that you're hoping for, I think, in industry or market. And, I, and I've, be it a, a training class or being at a, any kind of a communication opportunity, if it's, if it's a, a quick stand-up before a shift starts, if it's a, a, a monthly town hall kind of meeting. But I've encouraged managers, you know, share an anecdote. Yeah. Share an example of when you were human Yep. And and maybe you you learn from a mistake. And also when you're introducing, if it's if it's new concepts, uh, whatever the case may be. But when you've got someone, I, I call these my you know they're they're your ambassadors. 
Maybe they're the ones who are already performing something in a certain way, or they're the ones who are catching on. And have them share that personal story. And it's I've, I've never not had this happen when someone who may have been uncertain or uncertain about what the expectation was, who will say, well, I do that too. Right. Exactly. But now they have this real world example as opposed to the textbook page 72 right. that we were talking about. But also we put it in a language that they understood. Some people get the story. The storytelling is right. a great way that, that I think a lot of companies are doing training Absolutely. now. I came to customer experience work via the world of marketing, technology marketing. And in good marketing, the power of narrative mm -hmm. is absolutely huge. And absolutely. I, think, I think narrative is critical to achieving good customer experience work. It's foundational. You want to understand your customer story, but at the end of the day, you also want to understand your team members' stories, and you want them to be able to understand how their story can engage or impact somebody else as well, too. And, and sometimes those stories take us on a whole other journey of we learn something that we didn't know as leaders. Yeah. All of a sudden now we're hearing about my Midwestern-isms are coming out like there's a there's more than one way to skin a cat. Really? <laughs> yes. Sorry, Grandma. Um, but there is, and sometimes people are out there doing things that we're not aware of, and then we, right. we hear these these stories that there may be a better way or, or a different way, which, okay, so if we have compliance, that can sometimes be an issue. But if you're talking about someone who, who has been innovative, um, you know, Everybody thinks they're the world's best leader and the world's best communicator, but but sometimes it, it's it's out there in your team members. They're they're right. they're going to be your best wing. I don't want to be be, be gender specific. Your best wing person. Wing person, not wing. Who man. sometimes yeah. can um, be more effective than you are. Yeah. Because I think sometimes as leaders, we've gotten so far removed from back in the day when we were in the trenches, yeah. and, and it's not intentional, that we forget there's a gap. And I, and I often say to leaders when someone has done something, I hate to use the word wrong, um, but, but they need some coaching. Yep. And I say, you know what? Before you go out there and point the finger, there's three more pointing right back at you. Did you give them the right learning? Yep. Do they have all the information they need to know and have you given them feedback have have you have you observed and you know so before you before you pounce you got to look at yourself because oftentimes we forget that not everybody is in the same skill set that we're at they don't have the same kind of information that we have and did it transcend from the world that we speak in every day into a world that they speak every day. So I think what's fascinating is that a leader who is consuming output from a net promoter score program mm -hmm. or a voice of customer program or whatever that is where you're getting input from your customers, your clients, patients, whomever that is, as you read and interpret the results from that, 
what you're actually learning yourself is how well your team members have on the very front lines of your organization, how well they've been able to convey those things to your customers or your clients or whomever. And that's where the work is. That it, you, see, you didn't want to use the word wrong previously. And if you view the results as they're not wrong, it's the work that you have to do that's in front of you. And it is about teams and collaboration that in order to solve whatever it is you're solving for, it's a whole different way to look at your organization. It, you know, there's a, there's a certain level of interpretation yep. because, you know, some people will get the message better when they listen to you, some people will get it better when they see it, and some people will get it better when they can get their hands on it. We, you know, adult learning, we all learn differently. And so we also have to think about, we need to have a little bit of all of that when, when people um, are learning. Um, I had a, a great example that I used not that long ago in a supervisory class, and we were talking about basic communication from a leader and having an individual, well, can you repeat back to me what I just said? Well, sure, I can be a puppet and tell you what you just said. That doesn't mean I understand what you just told me. So same thing about, you know, okay, right. I, I, I recently um, did a project for a company and it was all about you memorized our and I better not use the exact word you memorized our mission and you could stand in front of the group and you could reiterate the mission to everybody and you got certified and you got a little card to carry around well that's great that I memorized my lines for the play but do I really understand what they mean right so so great I memorized the mission but do I now know how to act upon that? Do I now know how to be an ambassador of that? Do I now know how to make it authentic when I deliver it? This company actually came back to me and said, can you help us pull that through our interactions? Because it's not. It's not transcending through the interactions. Right. So that's the work to be done. I think so many times in customer experience work, that how do you pull what that core is that you're hoping is part of the learning experience for your team members. And that's why this all ties together because you want to be able to pull it through to what happens with your customers. Uh, one of the things that, that, that I said, and I had to be very careful, is you have to stop celebrating an orientation that somebody memorized something. There you go. Because you're putting all your emphasis in, I memorized it, but they didn't know what to do with it right. once they came through because right. it's, it's almost like you memorize something and it sort of sits on the peripheral of your brain, right. but it hasn't penetrated right. into your, your, your thoughts and your right. actions. And you know, I think from your experience, how this can really impact somebody's experience in a hotel or, or an entertainment situation or a travel transportation company, that, that's all clear. But I got to tell you, if somebody who really needs help is engaging with a services organization that has a social impact focus and somebody that they engage with from your organization, your team, just responds as the way they've been trained, that they've, they've learned something 
and it's from memory or by rote, as opposed to them having an under, a true understanding and empathy for the scenario and how they can really help somebody or make somebody feel more comfortable or provide that personalized experience and they can translate it into the field, that's where you actually achieve mission and you can, you can do more. Yeah. I, I had a scenario very, very early in my career where, and within W Hotels, we had a philosophy of whatever you want, whenever you want it. And it was about, and, and, and a lot of, and, I, and this goes beyond hospitality, a lot of companies have their, you know, their customer care, their call center, or whatever. Right, right. And so we had developed this, this department that, you know, a customer made a request and we would do whatever we could to take care of the request and it could be anything from this light bulb out into my room to you know where should I go to dinner to whichever and there was a early on there was a guest that called down and they were having an issue and so it was fixed and this particular cast member gave them some breakfast coupons and the guest was happy so from then on in, anybody that had a problem got <laughs> breakfast coupons. And I used to call her the free breakfast coupon lady because she thought it worked once, I'm going to use it for everybody. But there were people who said, well, I don't want those. I don't eat breakfast. Yeah. I'll give them to you anyway. And so she wasn't, to your point, she wasn't absorbed. Translating. She wasn't translating. She yeah. wasn't. She wasn't emulating yeah. what we were looking for. She she was obviously not comfortable with freedom and framework. So she right. found one thing that worked and so she stuck with it. Now, one of the best things that worked for her is storytelling. We got other people to share their experiences and what they did. Right. And it wasn't, again, it wasn't always about the tangible. It wasn't always about money. Sometimes it was just simply the apology and the empathy in your voice that worked. Right. And, and so, I, I wanted to circle back to that because it's a it's a continual journey of what your customers want and what you want them to experience um, with you and and again oftentimes your customers will tell you what they want the journey to be and you start out thinking it's one thing and they wind up telling you it's something a bit different. Right. Right. Um, and who hears most of that? Your employees. Yeah. See, listen to me. Old habits die hard. Your team members. So you, you can have all the best data collection in the world, but what slips through the cracks are all of the asides that your team members hear. The stories from the front. Yeah. And some of the best ones I've, I've, I've heard some of the best examples in an elevator. Listen to people chat. Wow. Yep. I've had I've had people literally turn to a stranger and say, "How's your stay going?" Wow. I've heard people say on the way out of the restaurant, "How was your meal?" Or on the way in, "Have you been here before? What do you think? How's the how, you know is it was it worth waiting for twenty minutes?" So that was the second set of highlights from my conversation with customer experience expert Thomas Martin. I really liked his focus on learning and leadership. And when he talked about the best data coming from the front lines, I think it really reinforced the idea of team members, especially when compared to thinking of team members versus employees. Think about it. 
you might be able to assign employees the task of reporting out on comments or reactions they're getting. But if your colleagues are all working on the same team and the team is working together toward achieving a broader goal, not just objectives assigned to an employee, then the feedback that's reported out by a team member, someone with true ownership, true commitment in creating a good experience, a meaningful experience, that might be just a little bit different, perhaps more insightful or with greater context. And no matter how much goes into process and other activities within your business or organization, the data you can capture from true team members who work on the front line engaging with your clients, colleagues, beneficiaries, whomever it is that's most important to you and your work, those team members on the front line are uniquely equipped to capture some great data that can be very helpful to achieving your mission by creating more meaningful experiences in the future. As I've said before, Social Impact CX is also intended to be an interactive forum, a place to stir conversation, answer questions, provide some context and definitions, and hopefully achieve a better understanding of CX work. So what questions do you have after listening to part two of the conversation with Thomas? You can ask a question or make a comment at Social Impact CX a couple different ways. First, you can send an email to comment at socialimpactcx.com. That's C-O-M-M-E-N-T at S-O-C-I-A-L-I-M-P-A-C-T-C-X dot com. You can also find us on Twitter and post a question there. Our Twitter handle is at Social Impact CX. And if you feel so inclined, please include a hashtag uh, of S-O-C-I-M-P-C-X. And please follow us on Twitter to stay up with up to date with new podcasts and other related content as well. You can also find me, John Corrigan, on Twitter uh, with my handle at JF Corrigan. Or if you're listening to this podcast via YouTube, feel free to post a question in the comment section there and we'll do our best to, um, to, to reply or include your question in a future podcast. And while you're at YouTube, please subscribe to the Social Impact CX channel as well. This is John Corrigan reminding you that, especially in social impact work, it's important to understand that your mission is really all about someone else's journey. And the more you know about someone's journey, the more you can help. Thanks for listening to Social Impact CX.